What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Today on the show, a perfect blend of 2022 and Week 18, which is to say a lot of 2022 and a little bit of Week 18. We'll give you some tough calls. The Week 18 tough calls will be Dak Prescott. How much does he play? How much do we trust him uh, to begin with? Uh, Kenneth Gainwell. What if he's the lead guy? What do we do with him? DeAndre Swift. Can he bounce back from a six-touch game at Seattle? But also the 2022 tough calls. Where are we going to rank Debo Samuel, who I think he was 45th in routes run among wide receivers? Yeah, 45th in routes run, and he's the number three wide receiver in fantasy. And how about his teammate, Elijah Mitchell? Uh, Pretty interesting stuff on him as well. Uh, Good morning, Dave and Heath, especially to you, Heath. Good morning. As we were speaking off the air, you are very confident in the Kansas City Chiefs. I think you're already uh, punching their ticket to the Super Bowl. That's just kind of the the impression I'm getting. No, no. I was expressing the feeling I've had all season that the regular season never really mattered to the Chiefs. Um, They're going to have to win in the playoffs, and it it stinks that they lost against the Bengals, especially in the way they did. Um, But So they have to win four games instead of three now if they win win a championship. But I don't know if they're going to make it to the Super Bowl or not. Um, I just don't think the regular season really mattered. It's if they play three or four of their best games, then then they will. Did they play their best game last week? See, did we finally learn about their defense, healthy defense against the good offense, and it was bad? Um, yeah, I think it's it's hard to get a read on that because of the way that the game went. I mean, you could make an argument that they got like four fourth down stops. Um, but none of those counted. <laughs> I mean, that's so, kind of true. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it'll depend on, I guess, which, uh, which crew they have in the playoffs. That was a pretty wild sequence. Dave, who are you feeling right now for a Super Bowl pick? I am, I, I think I'm feeling the Packers, which I know it's chalk, whatever, but I, I think that they are going to put it all together. They're going to get some bodies back on defense that'll help them play a little bit stronger. And I just, I, I, I just like the way that they're vibing right now. I think that this offense is going to be tough to stop and this defense will be a little bit better than how they finish the year. I'm trying to think, cause I, I know on the AFC, the, the game that I want to see if we're going to get what I think are the two best teams would be bills and chiefs in the AFC championship game. I know in the NFC, one of the teams would be the Packers. I don't know if it would be, if I'm most interested to see like Brady against Rodgers or the Cowboys against Rodgers or the Rams, um, it, there's just uh, so many more teams that I think like could actually put up a really interesting AFC championship or uh, NFC championship game. Niners, I am all about the Niners. If they, if I don't, not with Lance. If Garoppolo can be healthy and they can actually make the playoffs, I'm, I'm kind of thinking they won't actually. Um, yeah, that's the <laughs> so, problem. So the team you're really excited yeah. to see in the NFC Championship is the team you don't think is going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. You know, So for them to miss the playoffs, they lose this week to the Rams and the Saints beat the Falcons, right? Uh, I think that's going to happen. It sucks, but the Niners are a total dark horse for me. I love them. I just I, I, have the opposite. I think the Niners beat the Rams. 
You think the Rams aren't going to go for it? I think the Rams are struggling right now. Past two games, I think they were struggling. I don't so think Lance will win wins the decision games. after all. Rams will make the playoffs as a wild card team. So will the Niners. But the Niners are, the, to me, they're the total wild card as long as they keep Trey Lance in there. No, I don't want Lance. I know you. You want Garoppolo? Yeah, Lance can't. Lance is not ready for this. He's definitely not. But he stepped up in the second half last week. He threw some amazing passes, and he really didn't unleash himself as a runner. And he's he's going to cause problems eventually. It would be interesting if he started to cause those problems as soon as this week. Look at me, just all about Jimmy Garoppolo to t- take this dark horse team to a Super Bowl. Speaking of which, who won the fantasy Super Bowl last week? We've got a list of the 12 most rostered players on championship rosters. So, Ooh, on championship you get to guess? Team. Yes, you do get to guess. I will say that uh, I did not, my guess for who would have been number one was wrong. So, you can guess who number one is. Who's So, which player was on the highest percentage of championship teams and... Uh, there was only one quarterback in the top 12. You can guess that as well. So go ahead. Fire away with your guesses, guys. And stay I'm off Twitter. I I'm about to tweet the list. Stay off Twitter. Okay. I will. I'm never on Twitter during the show. My, my full attention is always given to whoever is speaking. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had one player who was on all four of my championship teams. So I'm going to assume this player is in the top 12. If not, that would be weird. And it was Mark Andrews. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jamar Chase. Okay, Andrews is your guest. Dave, who's number one? Oh, I was just doing a guy that was in the top 12. I'm sorry, but yes. I'll get with Andrews still. Andrews, one. Okay, Dave? Amon Ross St. Brown. That was my guess, too. Uh, we're both wrong. Uh, so is Heath. All right, who's the quarterback on the list? Was Mark Andrews in the top 12? I, I'm sure. I'm assuming he was. I, I don't know. I only saw a quick uh, glance. I'm sorry. I thought this, that's what we were guessing. Like well, all right, take another guess. Who do you think the most rostered player on championship rosters? Mm-hmm. Could No, it wouldn't be him either. Who? I was kidding. Jonathan Taylor. All right, Jonathan Taylor. That's a good guess. And hopefully we have a trivia game coming up later, so hopefully this won't be the last time I get to use this, but... That is incorrect. It's Cooper Cup. Now, who is the... I just said, I just said Cooper Cup. Oh, you said Amandra St. Brown first. That was your yeah. official guess. Nobody heard you, Dave. And I joked around and said Allen Robinson, and then I said Cooper Cup. You didn't hear me say Cooper Cup. I didn't hear I didn't hear any of that. What All right. a shock. What a shockeroo that Cooper Cup was the biggest league winner in fantasy this year. Yeah. Uh, who was the quarterback on the top 12? One quarterback. Joe Burrow. Dak Prescott. All right, Schrager, let's see the list. All right, let's get it up. Here's the top 12 most rostered players on championship teams. Here we go. Any minute now. There he is. Cup, 62%. Justin Jackson. Justin Even though Jack- he did nothing in the championship game. Uh, is two. Tom Brady's the quarterback. He's 10th. So for those of you who can't see the list, it's Cup 1, Justin Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel, Ronald Jones. People won their championships. I'm assuming starting Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones, and obviously he didn't help them win. Mm -hmm. He did the week before, obviously. Amonra St. Brown, Rashad Penny, Justin Jefferson still uh, won a lot of leagues with a dud, kind of dud in week 18, 17. Eckler, Brady, Andrews, Mixon, and no Jamar Chase on there. That shocks me. Wow. Wow. All right. There you go. Um, So. We have three podcasts per week during the offseason. They are going to be on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Next Monday, we have the uh, award nominations. Tuesday is going to be the top 12s for 2022. And Thursdays, uh, as long as the games are going on, we'll we'll do some playoff previews, some DFS previews, stuff like that, playoff challenge, mm-hmm. those types of things um, to help you in your fantasy league. So if you're playing any fantasy playoffs st- or playoff fantasy stuff. So remember, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays going forward for, for months and months until we get closer and closer. And it's four a week and then five a week, whatever. But we don't go away, and you will get at least three episodes every week. Let's do some news and notes for week 18 here. On the COVID list, we got the Bengals with two linemen, two defensive starters on the COVID list. And they have a game against Cleveland on Sunday that wouldn't necessarily be irrelevant. They could, like, if the Chiefs win on Saturday then the Bengals are eliminated from the one seed. So 
if they don't get these guys back from the COVID list, Burroughs beat up, Mixon, they might rest a bunch of players. Meanwhile, in that same game, Baker it's Mayfield. It's not just the one seed, right? If the Chiefs win, they'd be eliminated from the two as well. Oh, I didn't Correct. know that. Oh, okay. Then, okay, then for sure. This game, Cincinnati-Cleveland could have a lot of backups. Baker Mayfield's not going to play. Dearness Johnson is now on the reserve COVID list. And uh, Chubb's got that rib thing. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I wonder with Chase, I think Chase is 44 yards shy of the rookie receiving record. No, no, he got it. No, he got the Super Bowl era. Bill uh, Roman in 1960 had 44 more yards than Justin Jefferson. Interesting. So it's 44 more yards than Chase or Jefferson? Than, than Chase, yes. Okay. Um, both Detroit line starting offensive tackles for the Lions are on the reserve COVID list. Two Vikings offensive linemen are on the COVID list. Three 49ers defensive backs right now, including two huge contributors, are on the COVID list. And remember, all these guys could come back by the end of the weekend. Um, here were There were some records set on Monday night. Ben Roethlisberger set the record for the fewest passing yards in a game in which a quarterback threw 45 or more passes <laughs> with 123 yards. Mayfield and Roethlisberger combined for a record the lowest combined yards per attempt in a game with a minimum of 80 pass attempts, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. I thought that was kind of a high minimum, but they averaged 3.67 yards per attempt. This was definitely some of the worst quarterbacking in NFL history, I think. Uh, 18 combined off-target throws between the two of them. Oh, it's a bad. perfect finish to this season. I mean, there's still one more there's week. Another week. We'll probably get bad quarterback play, too. Um, because, as Chris Towers has talked about a lot, the level of quarterback play in the NFL in the second half of the year, <clears throat> we've seen um, it's almost like the shift in baseball is what I would uh, compare it to. Defenses have come up with something that kind of kills the fun. And not for everybody but for, for a lot of players in fantasy football. Uh, meanwhile, Mike Tomlin set a record most consecutive seasons without a losing record, 15. Good for him. The really Washington football team, maybe they'll have a new name. They'll announce it on February 2nd. Uh, so we'll find out soon enough. How about this? If you are a Steelers or Ravens fan and you need the Colts to lose to the Jaguars, right? Is that the scenario? Yep, it is for Pittsburgh. Baltimore needs a little bit more than that. Okay. Uh, Jacksonville has won six straight home games against the Indianapolis Colts. Their only win last year was week one against the Colts. So they just play them very tough. It's very strange. Uh, Clyde Edwards, dealer missed practice. He has a chance to play this Saturday against Denver. And Lamar nope, Jackson could play this week. Don't. don't? <laughs> no, I want Daryl Williams again. Okay. I get to the point where he might be their best running back. Oh, no, Dave Richard. I'm telling you. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't really do it. Why do they, they're giving him all these valuable situations. He may not be as explosive as Clyde. I'll grant he's you a that. goal line guy. Whatever. More than he's, line. he's better in the passing game, and he's better in short yardage, and Clyde's better at everything else. All right, let's do some 2022 tough calls here. So that's the topic du jour. Tough calls for this week, tough calls for next season. We also have some weird trivia coming up. I have very strange trivia questions. I don't know. They're just different. I don't know if weird is the right word. But um, they're looking forward to stumping Dave and Heath there. All right. 2022 tough calls. This list provided by Heath Cummings. Saquon Barkley. Give me a round that you're thinking right now for Saquon Barkley. Heath. Uh, if I had to guess this second, I would say end of the third round for Saquon Barkley. I think he'll he'll lead off the dead zone in 2022. Dave? End of the second. Ooh. If not the middle of the second. That's oh. where you're going to see him go. People are going to be remembering the name. They know what Saquon Barkley can do. I am certain that the Giants will make some improvements to their offensive line. That'll get everybody excited. I'm sure Saquon, provided that he gets out of Week 18 healthy, will have a normal offseason. There will be some nice headlines about him. People will gravitate back toward him with a round two pick. I'm not saying it's right but I'm saying oh. that's where he's going to go. Oh, you did actually have him in your top 24. I was going to say, I don't think any of us probably had him in our top 24, mm -hmm. but you did. Uh, where? 
Where Dave had uh, him? D- Dave had him twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Okay. I think I think maybe if Dave could have thought a little hung- harder, he would have thought of another name that he would like to draft before Saquon Barkley. Do you guys think that it's just health with him? That if he's healthy, he can still be a fantastic fantasy asset and football well, it's not player. Just well, health. Who's the name that I should have thought of? I don't know. I just think that you probably would like. There's probably somebody else. Like who? Um, I could go through my top 24 and see who you didn't list, but uh, no, it's definitely not just health with Saquon. It's he's on the worst offense in football and they don't appear to have any desire to make it better. Okay. They're going to to run it back. Look, I'm not going to sit here and defend their honor right now. They're the worst offense in football. They weren't the worst offense in football with Daniel Jones. They're, they're not judges become head coach. They have been the worst offense in football. That's gotta be by every way of measuring it. That's gotta be so weighted down by the last four or five games with these scrub quarterbacks. Sure. They're they're not last year. Last year. Probably. I think they were, yeah, I think they were bottom 10, but they weren't. Oh no, no, no. Last year they were horrible. Yeah. They were the second, (laughs) they were the second worst last year, but then they brought in Galladay and they drafted Tony and Barkley was supposed to be healthy. And yeah, I I don't know. They're not, they're not good. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but I don't think they're, you know, totally, I don't know. I think bears level. I don't know. I don't know what team has already committed to going into 2022 with a worse quarterback than the Giants. I don't know what team has already committed to going into 2022 with a worse coach than the Giants. No, I'll agree with um, half of that. What's that? I'll agree with half of that. The coach, okay. the, the, the the quarterback part, not the coach part. But I already, we already at had the end it. of next year, you'll, you'll agree with all of it, probably. Maybe, maybe, but jury's still out there. But... Um, no, it's fine. I, obviously, it's not it's not an offense that's beneficial to him. That, that we could agree on that. But it, yeah, um, all right. So there's also a chance he's not on the Giants next year. If they're going to so. try and improve their team, this is a tradable asset. They're not going to get anything great for him. But okay, fine. If he were on a, an average offense, do you think Barkley is still? capable of being yes. a great player. But, oh, okay. I was going to say a top 24 pick, definitely. No, a great player. A great, like a first-round pick? Yes. You're saying like the Chiefs wipe out what they have? No, and they I'm it. saying the, the Vikings. The Vikings. Not I the think Chiefs. it's possible, but I don't think we've seen anything more than like maybe four plays in the last two years that would indicate that it is... Okay. Like it would be a, the one of the greatest comeback stories I can recall after what we've had the past few years. I don't think it would be one of the greatest comeback stories. I do wonder if he'll ever get back to I don't think he can get back to where he was, but I think he can still be a volume workhorse. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, like DeMarco Murray was written off at one point. That's a great call. And he came back 2016. He had 293 carries, 1,287 yards, nine touchdowns. He also had 53 catches in that season. That was a 12-touchdown season. Uh, I feel like LaShawn McCoy probably had a nice bounce back at some point. Um, and you just probably people are probably going to have to wonder how much they're going to buy the injury excuses because it's going to come out that he was playing with a bad ankle for this and that. Right. Like the DeMarco Murray one – he did not miss any time with injury, and he had one bad season. He had a pretty and short he was, career. Yeah. What's that? Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like that. The the thing with Saquon is it's it's like there's there's all these different things stacked on top. It's the the abysmal offense, and his injury problems. And his ineffectiveness, and we don't. Maybe the ineffectiveness is entirely his injury problems and the inept offense. But Devontae Booker, in the same situation the last two years, has been more effective. Yeah, interesting stat that I saw. Well, we saw it a few weeks ago. I actually can tell you right now. I have it pulled up. Yards before contact per carry. Devontae Booker is thirteenth. 1.62 yards per carry before being contacted. Saquon Barkley is 38th, 0.97. And yep. he's dancing. 
Yes. Yeah. Very tentative. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to our next guy. We'll spend the whole. I don't day remember him being like that two years ago. He was a little bit. He was always a boomer bust running back, right? Oh, kind of Barry Sanders like, always looking for the home run, just not hitting them anymore. Um, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones in his last four games ha- is averaging 9.5 carries, 3.8 catches per game. That's since returning from the injury and not counting that first game back from injury where he only had 10 carries and one target and then they had their bye. Um, yeah, he's going to be tough for sure. So Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley, Dave? I currently have Jones ahead of Barkley. I think that he's got, um, as things stand now, I think he's got a chance to maybe build back in a little bit more of that role that he had in Green Bay um, than what he had at the end of the year. I wrote about it. It's going to be in SSSB this week. Since he's come back from his injury, uh, his touches have been 10, 8, 15, 17, and 13. And in those five games, he has two carries and one catch inside of 10 yards. And the Packers have played 34 snaps inside of 10 yards in those five games. So they're not using him that much down there. They like A.J. Dillon down there. Can he reclaim more of that going into 22? Yeah, I think he might be able to to a degree, but I think A.J. Dillon isn't going to go away in that offense. And it, it I also have questions about who the quarterback's going to be. I'm kind of ranking everybody in Green Bay as if Aaron Rodgers is staying. And so if Aaron Rodgers is staying, that's going to be great for any running back that's back there. I think Jones is still the more explosive back of the two between him and Dillon. He's someone that I would also look at as a mid to late second round pick as of now. Uh, yeah, this is another guy. Like I think Dave and I agree that we would both take Jones over Barkley next year with the information we currently have. Um, I didn't have Jones, I don't believe, in my top 24 either. But um, unsurprisingly, I had a lot more wide receivers in my top 24 than Dave did. Mm. Um, but one I of am, the new resolutions I'm trying to break, Heath. <laughs> so running back heavy <laughs> um i i don't know like i think it's a lot more possible that saquon barkley gets 300 touches next year than aaron jones but i'm far more likely to believe that aaron jones is good or has a chance to score 10 touchdowns yeah and play more games i would think so mm-hmm Okay, uh, Elijah Mitchell. How about this? Elijah Mitchell, looking at yards before contact. I remember I said where Booker and Barkley were. He's 39th, which is surprising. Usually 49ers running backs are very high on this list, I, I feel. I, I guess I haven't looked at it all too recently, but that's what I recall. 39th among running backs in yards before contact. Third in yards after contact per carry, per carry. And check this out. Raheem Mostert has two games in his career with 17 or more carries. And there was one game with 17, one game with 19. Elijah Mitchell has eight games this season with 17 or more carries. He has four straight games with 20 more, 21 or more carries. He's a big play machine. Um, very impressive stuff. Heath, Barkley, Jones, Eli Mitchell. I I, I think I'd probably, I, I noticed none of us had any uh, Mitchell in our top 24 either, which probably isn't. I mean, he didn't stay healthy, but if he had, he'd be a top 12 running back right now. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that I, I believe it will be Jones and then Mitchell and then Barkley with Jones at the two, three turn Mitchell in the middle of the third and Barkley at the three, four turn. I just don't see Saquon falling that far. I don't think Mitchell's going to fall that far either. The thing that gets me is that there's been a different running back leading the 49ers in rush yards. And I believe rush attempts each of the previous four seasons, actually it's five seasons now, Mitchell's going to be that guy this year. So each of the last five years, it's been a different running back leading the way for San Francisco. Haven't had a back-to-back guy yet with Kyle Shanahan as the coach. Mm. It, I don't, that's not by design, right? I mean, that's, they wanted it to be Mostert. Well, because they draft, like they, they always have a running back they're not really paying. Mm-hmm. And they seem to somehow always have an injury prone running back. <laughs> and right. so, like, it's, and that's what Elijah Mitchell is. Like, I think the way Jacksonville treated James Robinson this year is a cautionary tale about Elijah Mitchell next year. The benefit for him is that Kyle Shanahan's still going to be there. And we've never seen Kyle Shanahan have a player break out as a rookie and then end up in his doghouse to start his second season. 
That that is not something that Kyle Shanahan <laughs> sarcasm does at all. alert. Sorry, yeah, that's Brandon Ayuki's talking about. Uh, Dante Pettis. Oh sure, yeah. Uh, th- do you guys are you mostly you know pretty much buying the performance from Eli Mitchell? Yeah, it's just a matter of is is it repeatable? He'd have to stay healthy first and foremost. And you know that he's going to have company. We're, we're going to give the 49ers, it's not going to be one or two weeks, a full offseason, to rest up their running backs. They're going to replace Raheem Mostert on the depth chart. They're going to add somebody else. Could be a sixth-round pick in the 2022 draft. I'm but, promising you 15 games. I'm promising 15 games of Elijah Mitchell in 2022. 15 games. As the starter, I'm not. I'm not promising anything else. I'm promising that he is going to play 15 games. He would absolutely make my top 24. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the only thing that would worry me would be Sermon if they are invested in him and they want to just give him eight carries a game or something that, like that. That's one of the things I think where the Shanahan thing helps because he is does not seem to care. Like, doesn't seem to care about that at all. Okay. All right, uh, next up is uh, his teammate, Debo Samuel, who is the number two wide receiver in non-PPR, number three in full PPR, and that is, as I mentioned, uh, 45th among wide receivers in routes run. He has a Mike, a Kyle Shanahan high, six touchdowns, the most receiving touchdowns, the most by any player in the Shanahan era in San Francisco, uh, and I want to say the most in like eight years or something in San Francisco. I think Vernon Davis was the last guy to have more than five receiving touchdowns. He also has seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, a strange, strange season, uh, unlike any other I, in terms of a, a wide receiver. I mean, so bizarre. Uh, all right, so Debo Samuel, is is he getting drafted ahead of all the running backs we've talked about? Holy cow, I just realized, and this was not intentional, and I assume I'm going to get roasted for it on today's podcast or today's episode of FFT. Um, Debo is not in my current top 12 for 2022 wide receivers, <laughs> which would mean that he wouldn't get picked in the first 24 picks, obviously. Uh, but looking at where he was, and I, I don't have Jamie's here, but I think everybody else has him like eight or nine. Um, yeah, I've got him eight. It, it's so hard with guys like this who do something that nobody else does um, for the first time. It's true. And so I I generally bet against those kind of guys. And I I probably will next year. I'll probably have Debo. Like, we may just go through the entire third round with the uh, hard-to-rank 2022 guys. Yeah, right? that's, That's a tough spot in the draft. Where do I have Debo? Did I not put him in my top 12? You only did 10, but I don't believe so, no. Was I supposed to do 12? Just Dave and I did 12. No. Oh, yeah, I, I did 10. And I did not put him in my top 10. Yeah, I... Okay, so was that a mistake? Would you like to have a mulligan? Adams, Cup, Chase, Tyreek Hill, Jefferson, Diggs, not putting him ahead of those guys. Uh, Godwin, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, C.D. Lamb. I think I should probably put him ahead of... Someone in there. I should probably revise that. He's just, he's incredible. I mean, I had no idea, but his speed is ridiculous. What he did this year was was unsustainable. Four touchdown catches of more than 40 yards. Uh, very few red zone ca- targets. Very few green zone targets. Not that many targets to begin with when you compare him to other guys. So I do think he's had one of the luckiest seasons. But can he be top 10? Can he keep taking another step? Can he earn more targets? I think he could. Uh, the, then Trey Lance also complicates things. Right. Are there as many targets? He could earn a higher target share next year and still get fewer targets. Maybe I shouldn't put You know, you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick by it. I think he's going to be a little bit of a bust next year if, if he goes as a top If five. I had it to do over so, again, I would have put him 12th just so I didn't have to answer for it. <laughs> but I don't think he'll be top 12 in my projections. That's full PPR rankings, too. I mean, I, I think you could justify taking him over, say, Keenan Allen and nine or half PPR. But uh, probably not full. All right, and last one is DK Metcalf. Is he going to be a top forty-eight pick first four rounds? He, by the way, yeah, Metcalf. There's so much uncertainty with him. Metcalf is currently wide receiver eleven in non PPR and fourteen in full PPR. Uh, his his numbers aren't terrible, but in sixteen games, nine hundred and nine yards. That's pretty bad. And twelve touchdowns is what saved him, including three last week. Uh, so he is a top 15 wide receiver. 
and that's a guy who gets drafted in the first four rounds, certainly. But Heath says yes. Dave, how about you? Is he a top 48 pick next year? Uh, he's probably a top 48 pick. He's definitely not a top 24 pick. We don't he's know. my top 24. He is. <laughs> I, can't I can't put him there without knowing who's his quarterback, who's his play caller, what's his offense going to look like. There, there are just some factors that I'm not ready to commit to Metcalf on. And I think it is damning that he didn't have a thousand yards this year. What happened there? Well, he's not done yet. Well, okay. Fine. After 16 he, games, he had 909 yards. That is right. absolutely shocking. Right. Especially for someone that, I mean, the upside for him, we talked about it in August. He could have been the best receiver in the NFL. Heath, why is he in your top 24? This is one where I just don't like have an explanation for what happened to DK Metcalf this year. And Tyler Lockett will be another year older next year. And I just kind of expect that it's going to get better. I would not, I be like, I'm concerned about Russell Wilson leaving, but I also think if Pete Carroll leaves and they bring in a new offensive mind, that maybe things get better there because the offense has just been so stale for so long. Um, and DK is one of the best or most talented wide receivers in the NFL. And so I just assume he's going to get it fi- figured out. He's a physical specimen to be sure. He's fast to be sure, but he's still not a perfect. He, he doesn't have tons of diversity in his route running. There were a bunch of end zone throws that he should have caught that he did not catch. So the touchdown number could have been higher. Uh, there's a couple of throws that Russ could have made this year. There's the one few games back that he was off target on. He should have had over a thousand yards this year. Maybe he sh- the case could be made that he could have had 11 to 1200 yards with a better quarterback. So there's just, there, there's upside there. There's no question about it, but if he gets a downgrade in quarterback this year, and if the offense is totally fresh and brand new again, I wonder if he's going to be a touchdown-dependent wide receiver. If you draft him, you're hoping he gets you 10-plus over the course of the year and that uh, he he doesn't hurt you too bad in the games where he doesn't score. Twitter poll time. Because I have Debo in my top 24. Dave and Chris – or I have DK. Dave and Chris both have Debo in their top 24, but not DK. I'm going to run a Twitter poll. Who scores more PPR fantasy points in 2022, Debo Samuel or DK Metcalf? Okay. Cool. Let's see what the results are. I think Debo's going to win because people just always go with who's better now. Right. Recency bias. The Seattle Seahawks have run 897 plays in 16 games. I don't know. I'm going to just go through the, the last five years or so and see the lowest. Uh, yeah. Adam Gase was always in that range. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's hard to be great on nine. The Texans last year. Had 940. That was the lowest. So Seahawks blowing that away. Uh, I don't have to do this on the air, but I'll just try to. I'll do one more year, and then we'll then we'll go to break, and then we'll do some weird trivia. 885 for Washington in 2019. So what did I say? 897 for the Seahawks. Really, really low number, and uh, no that time. Will, they'll run more next year. What's that? They will run more plays next year. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, weird trivia for Dave and Heath. We need to make them compete one last time in this 2021 fantasy season. And then week 18 tough calls. Your emails, your Apple Podcast questions. Right after this, the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law let's do some trivia Get a little bit weird here. All right. First of all, uh, you gain one point with a correct answer. 
you lose half a point. I don't know why, but we're getting weird. You lose half a point with an incorrect answer. Do okay. you have to answer? No. There are ah, screw it. I want to encourage answers, so no, you won't lose no, any points. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think you just lose a full point if you don't answer. Oh, that, <laughs> that's interesting. All right, uh, all right, fine. No, no, no deductions. No deductions. Okay, we'll just keep it normal. One point for a correct answer. Tom Keith, Brady. We'll, 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 we'll honor that. Yes, right. Yeah. We don't what need you, the host. What rule are you honoring? Just so I know. You don't have to worry about it. One point for correct, half a point negative for incorrect, full point negative for no answer. <laughs> who, who would not answer that? Ridiculous. I was going to move the microphone away for the entire segment. Uh, that's mean. All right. Tom Brady, lead, Tom Brady leads the NFL with 456 completions. The next three on the list, on the completions list, have 409, 409, and 408 completions. By the way, say your name to buzz in. All three of those quarterbacks, they play in the same division. Who are they? Heath. Heath. AFC West. But who are they? Oh, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Ding, ding, ding. One point for Heath. All right. Next up. Five of the top six running backs in carries. Okay, five of the top six in carries has have rushed for at least 1,080 yards. They are Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Nick Chubb. Then there's a running back who is fourth in carries, but he has rushed for 891 yards. Who is he? Yikes. Fourth in carries. He's the only one who hasn't rushed for at least 1,080 yards. He's rushed for eight. The names of the ones who have? Yeah. Again. It's not Jonathan Taylor. It's not Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, or Nick Chubb. He's fourth in carries, 891 yards. Heath. Yes. Najee Harris. Okay. I already said it's not Najee Harris, so you just lost a half a point. Okay. Dave, you have to but guess. Or, or, somebody. You have five seconds, so you lose a point. I'm just going to say James Conner's name. I know that's not even close to being it's right. Fine. You know, it's a good. It saved you half a point. So right. you both lose a half point. I have to think about it. Oh, can I get? Let me take a real guess. No, I don't know if this is right either. Try, David Montgomery. No, uh, he's ten to carries. If I had told you going into the season that Antonio Gibson would be fourth in the NFL in carries, man, he may have been a first round pick. Um, but he's done very little with it. 891 yards, six touchdowns, and he is so updating rising. the scoreboard. I am at plus a half a point. Dave is at minus a half a point. Yes, yes. All right. Next weird question. In the previous five seasons, we had these were the amount of 50 catch running backs that we had: 11, 14, 16, 13, and eight. That's how many running backs caught 50 passes in the last five seasons. 11, 14, 16, 13, and 8. How many 50-catch running backs have there been through 16 games this season? Dave. Dave. Five. Heath. Heath. Nine. Six 50-catch running backs. Najee oh Harris, Fournette, Eckler, Swift, Jacobs, how about and Jacob Aaron Jones. Though? What about what about Debo? <laughs> so it's zero oh, you know to what? negative one. You know what? What should I count Cordero Patterson? I don't know, but we'd both be wrong regardless. Yeah, but it's like but this is interesting. This is a really interesting trend. So down yeah. the last two years. Well, eight last year and six this year. All the running backs have gotten hurt the past two years. I feel That's like it's def- more than that though, because we had we had sixteen and fourteen the two years before that, twenty eighteen and nineteen. You know? Um, I mean, maybe are, it's not all rush attempts up. What's that? Are rush attempts up? Are they running it more? Oh, uh, that would take a little bit of research. I don't know. Okay, well, that's it, something I'll look into in a week. It it has definitely been a trend coming into this year that targets were going away from running backs. Um, just like on a team percentage of throws basis. But I also think like the injuries the past two years have been excessive. And I'm wondering how many running backs are so like 
we've got 10 to 12 of them between 40 and 50. And most of those guys missed a few games. And it's almost all like Kamara, Gaskin, um, David Montgomery has 40 and 12 games. Gibson has 41. Yeah. Like there's a that's lot of uncommon, guys right now. You know, that's not uncommon. Uh, there's always running back injuries. I, I don't know if it's been worse this year. It's been the worst specifically to Barkley and, and McCaffrey and this year Kamara. Uh, but I don't know. It's going, it's trending down and makes me wonder if I should de-emphasize it a little bit. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's well, a I mean, huge you still, you'd still like to have a running back that catches a bunch of passes. Yeah. yeah. Still going to be a talking point and a reason to take somebody. But a lot of those somebodies are going to go in round one. Okay, next weird question. Right now, Dave has negative one, and Heath has zero points in our weird scoring. All right, two more questions. Cordaro Patterson and Debo Samuel lead all wide receivers in rushing yards. Who is third? (laughs) Who is third amongst wide receivers in rushing yards? Well, Cordaro's a running back. Fine. But he's not receiver eligible. Yeah. Okay, so who's receiver eligible? And he's a legit wide receiver. Well. Um, and he plays in the AFC East. Oh. Oh, okay. Come on. Hold on a second. All right. Five, four, three. Heath. Heath. Kendrick Bourne. Oh, Heath. That's big. That's the game right there. Heath with one. At least Dave is spared the... the, the yeah, the negative points, but that's a huge, yeah, 111, 117 yards for Kendrick Bohr. Never Hold in on. one million you years. Knew, you knew that? You guessed that? Or did you peek a little? I bit? was thinking, no, I did not peek. I was thinking of wide receivers in the AFC East. I almost said Isaiah McKenzie, but I couldn't remember any wow. big plays he's had. And Kendrick Bourne wow. had that stretch wow. yeah, where he just was making big plays and scoring a touchdown every time he touched the ball. All right, so last question. On Kendrick Bourne now. Last question, and uh, I'm going to make this one worth uh, 2.1 points. Dave is down by two points, so <laughs> change the rules here. Uh, Cordaro Patterson and Debo Samuel have combined for 13 rushing touchdowns. How many rushing touchdowns has every other wide receiver combined for? More than 13, less than 13, or exactly 13? Heath. Heath. Less than 13. Dave for the win. Exactly 13. Hey, Dave wins. He comes out of nowhere. Every other wide receiver has combined for 13 touchdowns, the same amount as Patterson and Debo Samuel. Rushing touchdowns. Congratulations, Dave. You had it all the way. Of course. Good try, Heath. I'm uh... protesting. No, I'm just I'm just checking your math. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna change how many points I got at the end. Uh, while you do that, we'll do some week 18 tough calls. How about the you know Heath submitted this list? Um, Dak Prescott, Kenneth Gainwell, DeAndre Swift, Odell Beckham, Darren Waller. Why don't we expand it to the Dallas passing game? Uh, I feel like Ceedee Lamb is is also a very yeah. tough call at this point. And, uh, Dave, you can have really the first word. He's taken a turn for the worse over the last couple of weeks. I think everybody that has him on their fantasy team knows that already. Okay, so according to my math, the other wide receivers in the NFL have combined for 14 touchdowns. Okay, let me see. <laughs> Four, five, six, seven, Braxton Barrios and Jarvis Landry both Barrios. have two. Yes. Jamal Agnew. Uh-huh. Devin DuVernay. Chris Godwin. Devin DuVernay is not on this list. Okay. Would you like to look Devin DuVernay up and see if he scored a rushing touchdown Why would he not be on this list? I don't know what list you're using. I'm on fftoday.com. This has caused you problems in the past. Yeah, usually it's... But not if a guy has a statistic. Oh, he has two rushing... Oh, no, no, he has two receiving. Um... Why would he not be on this list as having a rushing? I don't know, but I he would does like... not have a rushing touchdown. He doesn't. No. What I'm looking at says he does not have a rushing touchdown. Get out of here, Heath. On well, my side, <laughs> could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I've not accepted it yet. 
Which side are you on? Well, I don't want to say in case it was wrong. <laughs> I'm going to Pro Football Reference. I'm looking at his. Yep, I agree. It does not show on Pro Football Reference. So the <laughs> side I was him? using was wrong this time. Yes. Vindicated. That's so weird. I wonder what caused that. Yeah, me too. All right. I'll, I'll send an email. <laughs> I'll send it. <laughs> All right. Uh, week 18 tough calls. Cowboys passing game. So are we starting these guys? First of all, are we expecting a full game? Let's start with that. Are we expecting a full game from Dak? And William? I would say no. I would expect not a full game, but a half, a half of dominance to three quarters of solid play, something in that range. I would. This is just a guess. I, I, I think that the Cowboys want to kind of build some momentum. They know that they've been so inconsistent on offense the past couple of weeks that they want to try and get something going heading into the last game, uh, or their first playoff game, I should say. And Eagles probably don't care one bit, and they're going to play a bunch of backups. I think it's going to be kind of a momentum-building thing that the Cowboys use, and that's why I think Dak can be good for, let's set the basis at 225 and two touchdowns. Okay. I really hope, for Cowboys fans' sake, that their coaches are not risking player injuries because they think that beating the Eagles backups is cool and going to build some sort of momentum for the playoffs. But I think that Dave might be right. Um, I just assume they're going to play until the game's over, which I think will be halftime probably. Cause I don't think the Eagles are going to play anybody. The problem is they, the reason I think it's a tough call is because I, they could possibly blow the Eagles out without Dak having a very good day. Mm. Depending on who doesn't play for the Eagles and how many more COVID positives they have. This is a Saturday game. Less time to come off the COVID list. A lot of starters out on the COVID list right now for the Eagles. All right, so that turns our attention to Kenneth Gainwell. Um, yeah, so if if he's if Scott and Howard, we know Sanders is going to be out. If Scott Howard and Sanders are out, Gainwell, you know, is this uh, like Daria Gunvalale where you have to basically get really well, lucky? I think it's different because I think Kenneth Gainwell is better than Daria Gunvalale, and I think even in the Eagles. Um, half starters is probably better than the Jacksonville offense. Um, I, man, I, I think this could be a situation where Kenneth Gainwell is a week 18 top 12 running back league winner for people playing in week 18. But as Dave said yesterday on FFT, there's a chance that they call up some other guys and use some other guys. It's just that they expect Miles Sanders back for the playoffs. And if Miles Sanders is back, then Kenneth Gainwell is their fourth running back. There is nothing to save him for, and it might be worthwhile to see what they have in him for next year. Miles Sanders, by the way, leads the leads all running backs in yards before contact per carry, blowing away the field. Just thought that, you might might care. That stat can be, especially if you don't have a ton of carries, can really be heavily influenced by one run where you run ninety yeah. yards without getting contacted. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So. <laughs> what did you send me, Dave? I found the Devin Duvernay play in question <laughs> that made somebody think that it was a rushing touchdown. You might remember earlier this year against Kansas City when Tyson Williams, remember Tyson Williams? <laughs> uh, Tyson Williams was going in for a touchdown. The ball came out. It popped in the air, uh, and Duvernay caught it and scored. That is not a rushing touchdown. It is an offensive fumble recovery for a touchdown. And didn't he catch that ball in the air? Yes. It's hard to catch a ball on the and ground. And didn't that ball go backwards? I'm watching, uh, I'm watching I don't know. It right it, now. I don't think it was ruled as a it was ruled yes, as it a did, it did go backwards. It did. So yeah. why would that not be a lateral and a rushing touchdown? I don't think that means that it's a rushing touchdown, though. Let's see how it was. I mean, scored. if you run the option and pitch it to somebody, it's a rushing touchdown for the person who catches it. Yeah, but if the other team so scored as a it for you. recovery, and when you pitch, when you catch a pitch, that's not a fumble. Oh, here it is. Oh, we had the video about that. I it missed is. it on the on the YouTube stream because a pitch can turn out. into a fumble when it hits the ground. Look, Heath, just you were wrong. Okay, just <laughs> just concede. That's it. Let's petition the NFL and have them change the stat to a rushing touchdown for Duvernay. Uh, so. Anyway, is Kenneth Gainwell in your top 15 this week? No, because I'm uncertain, and I'm a scared little boy. 
that the Eagles are going to just run out a bunch of nobodies and Gainwell won't be one of them. I'd like to get some sort of clarity from the beat reporters. We might not know this until they're warming up before the game. Who's first or second in line for warmups? We tend to look for that every week from the Eagles reporters that are on the scene. Yeah, I've got Fort line then. Uh, right. So like if, if it's if it's clear as day that he's going to be the guy that they're going to just hand the ball off to 15 times, then he would be up there. But remember the Cowboys defense is going to it, the Cowboys defense will play their starters for a while too. As long as the offense is playing their starters, the defense will as well. And the offensive line that game was going to run behind won't be the same type of offensive line that he would be running behind in general. So I'm yeah. I would be nervous to go with Gainwell this week. Cowboys are, are fourth best against running backs. Uh, it's it's weird. Uh, DeAndre Swift. I'm you know what Heath. I want to go all in on DeAndre Swift this week. I think. I think <laughs> you're going to get more touches. Let's go. Start him. I I do not feel that level of confidence that you do. Um neither do I. Yeah, I <laughs> I think that DeAndre Swift could be unleashed and be the number 1 running back this week or he could be protected and not be a top 35 running back. Oh, what I will tell one. you is that he barely played in the first quarter and I thought that that was a little weird. Played there were 14 snaps that the Lions ran in the first quarter. Swift was in on three. I don't have the exact details from the remainder of the game. I could call them up if you want me to. But he played a considerable amount in the second, third, and fourth. Now, obviously, playing and then getting the actual touch are two totally different things. And he didn't touch the ball enough to make us feel good about him this week. And they got basically blown out last week, but still there shouldn't be a bad game script for him. I will say that if you look at Detroit running back targets in the last eight games, <coughs> six, six, nine, four, two, four, six, seven. So how many games has Dan Campbell been calling plays? I think eight. I mean, I think it's basically right around where it started because that was when Swift had that like 30 carry game. I it's somewhere around there. Um so if he gets all of those targets, that's not so bad. But if he gets five, then it's going to pretty much cap him because he had six or more targets in seven of his first nine games. And as in the last eight games, they've had more than seven targets only once to running backs. Uh, yeah, so, so Gainwell or Swift? I have Swift higher. He played 30 of 45 snaps in the final three quarters of the game. So a 67% uh snap rate uh yeah i've got i've got gainwell quite a bit higher i have i have no faith in dan campbell this week how about odell beckham odell beckham has caught a touchdown in five of six games and he will get the 49ers who i don't know if mosley will be back but they have just been terrible defending the pass without him and as i already mentioned at the top of the show they put three defensive backs two of them significant contributors on the covid list yesterday i believe um, so starters and just, Beckham. you know, it's, it's Kwan Williams. I think I'm pronouncing that right. It's either Kwan or Kwan, uh, and Jimmy Ward yeah. is the other one. Uh, so starter sit Beckham. He has fewer than 40 yards in four of his last six games and three straight games. Some people didn't like the fact that I called Pat Fryermuth um, CJ Uzama last week because Odell Beckham in, on the Rams is actually the real CJ Uzama. <laughs> There's a lot of names there. What does that mean? It means you need I mean, to touch to be decent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A touchdown makes him a, a borderline number two wide receiver. And if he doesn't score, then he's um absolutely nothing. <laughs> that was a good that was an okay. unintentional spaceballs quote there, by the way. Um, one of my favorite. Absolutely nothing. But anyway, uh Beckham, okay. So would you start Beckham or Lamb or Cooper? Oh, I'll start. Oh, let me double check to make sure that I'm backing this up. I think I feel a little bit better about Cooper. No, I got Beckham right ahead of Cooper and Lamb. Lamb was third on the list for me for sure, but they're real close between Beckham and Cooper. I I, I, I have like Cooper and Lamb. Sorry, go ahead. No, please save me no, from it. I would like to hear what you. The only there. reason why I have Beckham right higher is because I'm assuming that he will play four quarters, and I am also assuming that the Cowboys guys will not. 
Cooper's been better than Lamb the past couple of weeks. He's certainly been more involved in the red zone than CeeDee Lamb's. I'm willing to ride that for one more game, especially against a bunch of backups. But I think Beckham has mild upside to be a number two fantasy receiver. Almost everything. Like I have Cooper and Lamb projected a lot higher than Beckham because I've not worked in a way to project might not play all the game. And here's the 17 receivers who might. Um, but I moved Cooper and Lamb just behind Beckham in the wide receiver 30 range. You know, one thing I want to look into, I'm trying to look into it right now with Lamb, is uh, is he going to play outside more? Because he's just been so slot heavy recently. But now with Gallup out, they didn't... Yeah, they did kind of move him out wide. He played his lowest snap... Uh, his lowest sna- uh, slot snap count in five weeks. He played his most outside, out, out wide since week nine. So I think that even though the production was not good, I, that actually encourages me with CD Lamb. That they moved him outside? Yes. Because I thought he was better generally when he was inside. No, I mean, if you just look at his season, he was barely playing in the slot really early in the year. And then that all changed when Gallup got healthy. And then he's been basically primary, he's been a slot receiver in weeks 13, 14, 15, 16, and his production's cratered. Uh, I don't know the in-game breakdown, but last week was the Got first it. time he played more out wide uh, in the last five weeks. So I'm thinking... So you'll, probably... remember, you'll remember that Gallup got hurt uh, right toward the end of the first half. So this is strictly the second half of the game last week. Lamb played 86.4% of his snaps out wide. Yeah. And Cedric Wilson in the slot, 85.7% of his snaps. That'll give you a pretty good indication yeah. of what the Cowboys are going to do moving forward. Yeah, yeah. We're, all of the Cowboys who were drafted in the first ra- six rounds busts? Uh, no, I don't think Dak was. I think Dak's mostly... I think they all were to varying degrees. Where's Dak going to finish this year among fantasy quarterbacks? Right now he's QB9. No, let me Hold on. Let me change. If it's nine, there. even if it's seven, it's below where he was drafted. Uh, well, it's, it's going to have to be per game because he missed the game. So hold on. Sure. He's eight. He's eight. And per game, he is nine. I guess. I mean, that kind of makes him a bust. That surprises right. me. He was so Lamb's damn a bust. Good. Cooper's a bust. Zeke's a bust. It's true. Yeah. Nice. I, they call them mild busts, though. You know, they're not. <laughs> Alan Robinson is a bust. These guys were solid, except Cooper. They were so they were startable for sure. The thing you that I know, except Cooper, yeah, Cooper wasn't really that good. I, like was points he? per game, he's like a point behind Lamb. Am I wrong here? Because I know he has two games all year with more than seventy yards, or maybe three. They have a lot of touchdowns. He has two more touchdowns than Lamb, and he's played. I guess he only played one fewer game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the touchdowns saved him a little bit, but. To spin it toward this week, we know that C.D. Lamb hasn't been as dominant in the red zone as we had hoped all year, and especially over the last couple of weeks, that hasn't been the case. What I've noticed is that he's not separating in time to be open for Dak to throw to, and Dak is getting rid of the ball quickly, whether it's because of you know the play that's drawn up or pressure coming at him. So I think it's just a timing thing between him and C.D. Lamb that might get rectified this year. Maybe this week against a bad backup defense, but I'm there's a little concern, and I love CD Lamb, but there's a little concern about him going into next year. I think we're de- I'm definitely going to have to you know watch the out wide versus slot splits. Uh, I think it could be pretty telling. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. see how he finishes, and we'll see how he does in the playoffs. Okay, and that's it for the tough calls. Let's go to the emails. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. This is from Tyson. Hey, Billy, Brett, Butch, and Baugh. Those are gunslingers. So you got Brett Favre. You got Sammy Baugh. Butch Cassidy? Billy the Kid? Billy the Kid, yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, Tyson is from an oil town in Texas, Dave. League City. I took over an orphan team. Uh, that was next to last the year before I came into the league. I traded away my older players for picks and attempts to rebuild, fully anticipating losing the most games this year. But I won the league. 
Thank the Lord for Rashad Penny, Daryl Williams, Tyler Huntley, and the gang. The team I beat in the finals is stacked for years to come. I, however, appear to be a few pieces away from uh, a few pieces away despite the trophy. I have Lamar, Dak, Infields. It's super flex. I have Najee and Taylor at running back, but no other real studs. Needs wide receivers. I have five first round picks over the next two years. What's my play here? Do I use my picks to try to trade for a couple stud wide receivers or a third running back, or should I hang on to them and use them in the draft to attempt to build an actual dynasty? Your running backs are young enough that I'd probably just draft a whole bunch of wide receivers. Maybe see if you could turn one of those late first, early second picks into DJ Moore. Okay. All right. All right, next up from Celeste. Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers this week? Full PPR. I'd go Adams. Yeah. From George. I love your pizzas, by the way. From the city, uh, LeBron left twice. That would be Cleveland. How come Nick Chubb is always so low in the preseason rankings and in general on this podcast? You don't really hesitate to say start him, but rarely do you hype him up. Um. Yeah. Are we too low on Nick Chubb? Depends on the format. We know he's just not a factor in the passing game, and that hurts him in PPR. I think you mentioned it, Adam. He's outside the top twelve in PPR this year. And then in uh, what was he? Fourteenth. Take a step forward in that regard. I, I definitely like him. Like in my running back rankings for twenty twenty two, he's in there toward the bottom. He's, I don't know if he necessarily should be or will stay there. But Dave, he's twelfth right. per game. Okay, so a low-end number one, I think that's fair, and he's higher in non-PPR. Yeah, he's he's finished 10th, 9th, and 12th the last three years in full PPR. I think the main reason, main answer to the question is because we talk about PPR a lot more than we do none. Or half, for that matter. Uh, I do think that you saw the downside with Chubb because he didn't score. He scored eight or eight rushing, one receiving in, in 13 games. And look at his last five games in full PPR, 5.9 points, 9.5 points, 5.8 points, and then two pretty big games, um, including week 16. But when he didn't score this year, he really struggled. And that happened more often than it usually does. So, uh, but even with that, all that, he finished 12th among running backs in full PPR. Um, from Brian, uh, is zero, uh, this should be a topic for a new show because we're kind of at the end. So remind me to bring this up. Is zero Um, wide receiver, the new zero RB, uh, in a three receiver league. So we'll talk about that. And we've got another day. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question though, Adam, for you. Okay. Very important. Okay. Okay. I want you to put your, um, what's the Raiders head coach name? Uh, oh, Bisaccio. Rich, Rich Bisaccio had on. Bisaccio? So you are Rich Bisaccio. Uh-huh. And no Jacksonville has defeated the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> and Brandon Staley, with all of his computers, comes to you and says, I've done the math, and if we tie, we both go to the playoffs. So I am suggesting, Rick, that every play of this game, the team that has the ball downs it. And we just down the ball for four quarters, and we both go to the playoffs. What do you think Rich, I'm going to say? What do you say, Rich? You know me well enough. That would be the biggest disgrace to the last week of the regular season since all the way back to 2021. Here's or 2020, I guess. Sorry, the entire point of their season is making the postseason so you can compete for a championship. That is the whole you go reason out and win you it. are there. And there is one way that you can guarantee you win that it. you have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. Why it, would you not do that thing? Didn't we already talk about the 1984 national championship game for the of the 1983 season January when Tom Osborne lost the national championship because he refused because he had too much pride. Yeah, but no, because he was courageous <laughs> and he did the right thing. Some have you ever seen white men can't jump? Sometimes when you lose, you really win, and sometimes when you win, you really lose. Okay, you play to win the game. Hello. It, All right, we got a couple more questions here. Should it, definitely Rich should definitely take that call from Dylan. And Wyatt in Toronto, a father-son duo. Um, 
my eight-year-old son, Wyatt, just posted uh, a review on Apple Podcasts, and yes, we got it. Thank you. We both listen to the podcast every night. This year, we invited Wyatt to join our 12-team, 30-roster spot IDP Dynasty League. He's eight years old. The league oh also God. has an empire pot that grows each year and goes to the first team to either repeat or to win three total championships. The team that Wyatt inherited was an absolute dumpster fire and was projected to go 0-12, and he lost Cam Akers in the preseason. But he traded Miles Sanders and Julio Jones for draft picks that turned into Javante Williams and Jamar Chase. He picked up Dalton Schultz on waivers. Uh, against all odds with a lot of sh- uh, streaming and shrewd waiver wire moves, he scraped through and snuck into the playoffs. He picked up Tyler Huntley in round one. He picked up Justin Jackson before Eckler was ruled out. He picked up Rashad Penny. He was the underdog each week, but he made it to the finals. He was a heavy underdog this week. His opponent was the defending champ, and the $900 Empire pot was on the line. Right now, he, yeah, he, he they wrote this on Sunday night. He won. He won. Spoiler alert. Uh, so a big win for an eight-year-old entering a crazy dynasty IDP league that was about to get empired, basically. And uh, his opponent, fun fact, is very salty about losing to a kid, and he is my financial advisor. So if my investments suddenly plummet, we will know why. So that is Dylan and Wyatt in Toronto. An awesome story about fantasy football and a great win for Wyatt. Way to go, my man. Way to go. Uh, and we have an Apple Podcast question from Wake Up 23 I'm in a league that will have two keeper picks at the end of the season. I noticed a league member dropped Christian McCaffrey. I decided to pick him up in thoughts of using him as one of my keeper picks. What are your thoughts? My other options are Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson, Aaron Jones, and Sony Edmonds. I don't know what he meant there, but he did right. <laughs> you are going to keep McCaffrey and Justin Jefferson. Congratulations. Yeah, well, good job. Pretty good. Um, all right. Thank you so much for the emails and all the questions. And I think you learn you've got to peek into the soul of Heath Cummings. He will do anything to win, including tying, uh, which is truly disgraceful. So thanks again, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.